Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com ZAC and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download the title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com ZAC. Things are moving quite quickly. As you're probably aware, depending where you live, governments are shutting things down. Schools are closing. Businesses are being told to operate differently or close down completely. And people are starting to take the coronavirus quite seriously. I've got to admit, when this whole thing happened, I was skeptical because I was looking at you know how the news media blows things up and I thought this would be like everything else. However, looking at the evidence and the data and the trends and what's going on, this is a legit concern, legit issue, and the measures that are being taken could be argued that they're not strong enough nor quick enough because the consequences could be quite high given that it's a pandemic and the potential for loss of life is huge and the overwhelm of societal structures to deal with that overwhelm is huge. I think that having action taking place as is being had in my country, Australia, and around the world is quite good. This is an interesting time to exist. It's actually one of the most historical events that a lot of my audience and a lot of people will be living through. The last event that will change will have changed the world this much was in my lifetime was September 11, and that was, you know, 19, 20 years ago. So it's really is a historical moment. And it'll be an interesting thing to see what the world is like on the other side of this. Obviously, Right now, we're in that tumult, that that stage where no one's sure of what's going on. We're not sure how bad it's going to be. And there's a lot of thoughts that I want to sort of suggest on this. And the first one is, is that if this all dies down and goes away, there'll be this argument that people are overreacting, that we overreacted and that we shouldn't have cared so much or that it you know, wasn't going to be as bad. But that's probably a good thing. You know, if people criticize governments for overreacting, for shutting down schools and all the stuff that they're doing, but they avoid a bigger crisis, that's that's great in my book. The analogy is this, if someone's got a gun to your head and you yell, scream, run, fight back and you, you know, quote unquote overreact and it turns out the gun was unloaded and, you know, you weren't in any danger, no one's going to, to criticize you for taking that action. And if you do find out that the gun was loaded, You'll be like, oh, good thing you took that action. The problem is, is we don't know if this gun's loaded or not. We don't know how bad this could get. So it's better to be safe than sorry. It's better to overreact and take action that seems extreme, but to cut that curve. The reason why we want to cut down the curve is because if we get too many cases all at once of being sick, it'll overwhelm the system. If we have the system overwhelm, things fall and fall apart quite significantly. So the idea is is that if we go through the self-isolation, the social isolation, the social distancing, close down the the non-necessary things, that curve will be flattened. So even if the same amount of people over time get the coronavirus, it doesn't all happen at once. So we're more able to deal with it. Once again, a physical analogy, if I hit you 10 times over the course of a year, it's far more easier to deal with than if I hit you 10 times in 10 seconds, right? 10 times in 10 seconds could knock you out. It could cause a lot of physical damage. You've got no time to heal and recover from that damage. But 10 times over a year, you've got time to recover from each single punch. 
not a, not a perfect analogy, but you get the idea of what I'm going for. It'd be interesting to see what's being deemed as necessities and what's not. So, you know, depending on where you are, the answer is going to be different. But you know, your 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 emergency services, your food production and delivery, um, those sort of services have to maintain. But where's the line drawn? So, part of my main thing that I do is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I love it. Gyms of all kinds are just you know not necessary, and fair enough because it's contact. It's a whole variety of things that can just spread germs. But a lot of retail jobs are going out of business. A lot of uh, it's the the economic impact of this is going to be huge. Borders are being closed. People are being advised not to travel, not to not to do much of anything. So there's going to be a massive financial issue, and people are going to lose jobs, lose money, lose a lot of stuff. Once again, some governments are providing stimulus packages and all of that sort of stuff, but who knows what the long term impact of that will be. If you if you do have access to it, if you are in a country that is doing that, take it up and do what you can to look after yourself and look after your family because, you know, obviously there's there's you know a lot of those questions and, and any support you can get from your family, from your friends, and from the government, take it. Don't don't be too prideful. Don't be too egotistical about it, saying you don't need it. Yeah, we're all in a time of crisis. Let's accept that help. And on the other side of things, you might be have access to help that you're not aware of. So if you do lose your job, I know in Australia there's schemes that will give you access to job seeker allowances and all of this sort of stuff while this whole thing is going. People are able to access their superannuation and if you're a small business, there's grants and funding and all of this sort of stuff. I don't know the details, but depending on where you are, look into it. I, I, I see an interesting thing happening in our future post-coronavirus post, um, in the sense that a lot of the jobs are being forced to get people to work from home, to have their meetings over the internet and to cancel things altogether. And I can't help but feel that that sort of change is going to stay, at least in some part, because I imagine there's a lot of people working from home now realizing that they can do their jobs from home and going, huh, well, when this dies down, why would I want to go back to work in terms of why would I want to go to a physical location? Given the technology that we have, given the fact you're watching or listening this, suggests that there's a far more logical, easier, more convenient option that we have at our fingertips. And, you know, a lot of my friends and family members are losing their jobs and are unable to work, but a lot of them are also now continuing to work, but from home. So why would they need to go back to the physical location? Or why would they need to go back as much? I, I think that's a positive because I know that working from home or a lack of transport hours in traffic, all of these things would do wonders for people's mental health, you know, and not not to say anything for the environment. The less time we're spending in traffic, the less time we're wasting our time, the more we can be committing to self-care, to exercise, to relations, to a whole variety of things, not having to pay the money for the cars and, you know, the infrastructure benefits. There's a whole variety of things that I'm interesting. It'll be interesting to see what sticks. I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes. Like I said, post-coronavirus, it's going to be an interesting world. I feel like the next crisis after this, we will be simultaneously more scared but also more prepared. There's a lot of hoarding of stuff going on, and thankfully, that's starting to die, die down. I was actually able to buy some toilet paper today, the first time in weeks. <laughs> um, but it, that suggests that supply chains are getting better and people are not you know, following the rules is better and they're not, you know, hoarding, they're being less selfish. And so it's 
getting better from both ends. But what happens when the next thing happens? Uh, you know, there'll be a, this burst of, once again, hoarding behavior. and But also, conversely, society and world society in general will be used to acting in a certain way, in the sense of, oh, this is a pandemic, this is a danger, we all need to act. One of the things I'm grateful for is that my son is only three, so he's not able to understand what's going on. It's 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 of you know little relevance to him. We just do what we do with him. He can't go to kinder. There's you know he can't do certain activities, but he's largely ineffected. But if he was a little bit older, and for you know if you've got kids that are anywhere from five or above, I would be spending the time to explain this situation to them. I know personally when I was growing up. It was in the, I distinctly remember the first Gulf War, and I was watching it on the news, and it was freaking me out, and my mum thankfully realised that it was impacting me, and we ended up having to, you know, have the news off, like it was just, it was too much for me, because I didn't understand the context, I didn't understand the danger, I didn't understand what was happening, and the news was, you know, doing what the news does. So, what I would suggest is, is that consider that your children, even though they're young, they need to understand why and what's happening and, you know, how to wash their hands and why we're doing this and why people are talking about this virus and, you know, all of the, the sort of morbid jokes that adults make, kids might take seriously. It's worth explaining why to them. It's worth explaining why and what's happening and to give them a voice to be able to talk and explain it because they might be upset, unsure and not know what's up. So give them the opportunity to explain any kids, any age, just say, hey, this is why we're doing this. This is what it means. These are the legitimate risks. This is what we're doing to prevent it. This is what the government's doing. This is what the world's doing. Um, and that, that will hopefully keep their mental states in check. And, and, and speaking of keeping your mental states in check, the I use a meditation app by Sam Harris. I'm going to link you to the app to so you can access it. Um, I use it every day and he, he, he just released a lesson talking about the benefits of meditation in a disaster. And it was, it hit the nail on the head in the sense that the best way we can fight this, this isn't like a war or this isn't like a, a thing where we can get out and do stuff. The best way we can help end all of this is by staying at home and sort of isolating ourselves, right? So what's happening is a lot of people are discovering their own mind. They're getting bored. They're seeing the inner demons and they're not used to it. And that's causing a lot of duress, you know, and you're spending time with people in your family, in your household that you're not used to spending so much time with. Now, in the ideal world, you love your partner, you love your parents, you love your kids. It's all happy, hunky-dory, but that's not realistic. And there's been a bunch of, in the, in, the, in the countries that have had significant lockdowns, a bunch of cases of domestic abuse skyrocketing because people are spending time with people that they don't spend as much time with, right? They don't have the same outlets. With all that in mind, you know, and, and adding to that the social isolation and the lack of routine and the change and the fear and all of that sort of stuff, our minds are going to cause us a lot of duress. So Sam suggests that we meditate, and I would strongly suggest that as well. So, so, so if you aren't on board already, I strongly suggest you start a meditation practice. I'll put a link to my Skillshare courses. I've got a bunch up on how to meditate. I'll put a link to a blog post from my book, How to Get Shit Together, basically explaining how to meditate, and I'll put a link to the app. So you've got to, and access to all of these will be free, um, or at least on a trial basis, so you'll be able to tr check it out and cancel before you pay. The point is, is there's no real reason not to start. You can, 
you can feel fear, but not be taken over by it. The more you meditate, the more you can detach and step back and realize that you're not the thought, i.e. in this case, fear, you're the thing having that. And once you get that distance, you feel a bit safer from it. So if you haven't already, start meditation practice. I would also suggest that even if you're stuck at home, do some physical exercise, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, do some standing squats. I'm lucky enough to have sourced myself a home gym and you know I'm very grateful now. But even if I didn't, I would still be moving my body. I'll still be stretching. I'll still be trying to keep as active, you know. And if you if you if you can, you know, do something to get your heart rate pumping at home. Exercise helps your mental state. It just does. the 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 endorphins, the chemicals that are released during exercise, feel good. So do it. And particularly if you've been well, in general, do the exercise. But particularly if you've been typically exercising, you know, that's part of your normal routine. It could easy, be easy to just go, oh, I'm just going to stay at home and veg. Sure. But now you're, not only are you stopping your normal routine of exercise and, you know, going out and socializing and all that sort of stuff. For, so, for example, with me, with jujitsu, you're also stopping the exercise. Don't. This is when you should actually be moving your body more conversely. I'm now trying to exercise morning and night to keep my mental state sane. I'm lucky enough that I'm able to keep working given the work that I do as a disability support worker. It's, you know, a health healthcare work, which means I can keep working, thankfully. Um, so I, I'm, I'm lucky enough not to have that financial burden at this stage. But even if I, you know, no, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter how bad my situation gets, I will be moving my body and exercising and I'll be meditating because those those things are some of the best treatments that you can do for your mental health. I would also suggest that doing as much as possible to maintain your social life. Now, obviously, if you're isolated, if you're at home, and that's what we should, you know, that's what we need to do right now, what can you do? Phone calls, text messages, connect on social media, get into a social group via your social interests, jump on Reddit, find a community, make a community. Uh, a couple of my friends online posted that they're having, you know, Skype dinners together right? Sounds ridiculous, but it also sounds lovely when you think about it. Yeah. So use the technology we've got, think outside of the box and still have those interactions and those connections. And it it won't be the same, but it's better than nothing. If you let yourself fall off the wagon and don't take those steps preventatively, it's going to get shit. It's going to get real bad mentally. My main concern over all of this is people's mental states. When my partner went on holidays to see her family overseas for three to four weeks, I was worried because I was going to be left on my own, as in just me and the cat. My son and my wife are gone for a few, you know, a month. I spoke to my psychologist about it and she said, it's going to suck for the first two to four days, but then you're going to get into the routine and you're going to enjoy it. It's just, you're going to get through that change period is going to be tough. And when they come back, that's going to happen again. You're going to have to get back into the groove of them being around. And I think that's what's what's happening to society in general. As we realize what we need to do, and as you know, our governments force us, or as we choose to reduce social contact and do all the things that we're going to be doing, it's a massive learning curve, and it's going to suck in that first instance. Unavoidable, potentially, we can do things to mitigate, like I just discussed, but we can we can take those actions. We can do those things. Um, 
but if we're aware that it's gonna, there's going to be a learning process and getting into that routine process, but we will get it, and it will, you know, it will, you will get better, you will get used to it, and it's not permanent. Knowing that it will get better is, you know, a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. Give yourself three days to a week, and you'll get used to this new life. Okay. I, I, I the the final thing I want to suggest is is that. Looking at this is like, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff we can't do because of the coronavirus, but what do we get to do? So for me personally, I'm spending more time at home with my family. I've got more access to books. I've got more more, more, more time to just do certain things that I wasn't able to prioritize. Now, would I want to do those things? Would have I chosen to do those things? Could have I done it if I had been able to do other stuff? Maybe not. But I get to do them now. So what I'm getting at is, is it's not like you, it's not only that you're giving up stuff, you're also getting a different sort of opportunity. So start taking that, start looking at what you can do. You know, if you've wanted to practice your guitar, but you haven't had the time, maybe now you do, right? If you'd wanted to learn how to sing, if you wanted to practice Tai Chi, if you wanted to read more books, there's things that you can do that you don't, didn't have the time to do in the past, maybe connect it and do, you know, relationships with your family, spending more time with them, right? Take that opportunity, embrace that. It's not ideal, it's not what you would want to necessarily do, but you've got options. With that in mind, I'm going to start suggesting things that I'm enjoying that I've found myself doing. The first one is obviously the solo exercise. I'm going to be putting out a bunch of Skillshare courses over the next weeks to months talking about how, how I'm exercising at home and how to make it fun and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so once again, head over to Skillshare, start the meditation course, and you'll be able to get notified when those courses start coming in. Um, and also reading books. So the books I want to recommend is, today at least, is The Mistborn Trilogy by Brandon Sanderson. Now, if you want to listen to this book for free, head over to audibletrial.com slash ZAC, and you'll be able to get a free trial and search for this book, listen to it. I loved it. Or you can listen, read the paperback book. I'll chuck links down to the Audible trial for free or the paperback link in the show notes as well. This book is, the first book, Mistborn of the series, is a heist, a a, a, a fantasy heist novel. You know those heist novels like sort of like Ocean's Eleven style where, you know, there's a group of guys, they've got guys and girls have got this mission to accomplish and they plot it out and all of that sort of stuff. And then the second two books goes into the fantasy world exploring that. And there's actually three more books in the series that takes place, you know, a couple of hundred years after the fact. And then the author, Brandon Sanderson, is planning on doing another series in the future. So it'll be sci-fi futurist. I loved this series. It was incredible. Um, blew me away. I can't wait to reread it, to be honest. Um, you know, being a book nerd, as you can see, if you're watching the videos behind me, I've got more books than I have time, even though... <laughs> We've all got time now, so hopefully I'll be able to get through some of these books. But if you're into sci-fi, um, if, sorry, if you're into fantasy, if you like the the idea of a magic system where you know the rules of the magic system and the characters, it's explained to you and you can see the characters exploiting the rules and sort of, you know, getting smart with it. If you like um, that sort of epic scope of fantasy where it's sort of, you know, it's literally like, you know, biblical in scope, this is the book for you. I can't recommend it enough. Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. Um, and if you do read it, please message me because no one I know has read this book and I'm dying to talk to people about it. And, you know, connect with me on social media at Zach P. Phillips and we can chat about this because 
I loved it, to be honest. Um, so yes, look, I'm going to be putting out a lot more content. Once again, one of the opportunities that I get because of this is to make and produce more content because I've got more time at home, right? So I'll be doing a lot more um, podcasting and a lot more Skillshare courses. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can hopefully we can make this into a community. And the final thing I want to suggest on terms of the community idea is that if you're not a part of it already, jump on board the How to Get Your Shit Together community. It's based around my book, How to Get Your Shit Together. Um, obviously, uh, the idea is that it's a community where you can share and connect, um, sort of, you know, help each other out. If you've got some sort of questions you want to ask, or if you've found a useful resource that you think would help people ostensibly to, you know, quote unquote, get their shit together, share it there. Um, but you know, any, any, any sort of information ideas that can help people deal with their mental states or to start thriving, and I like the idea of developing a community basically because, you know, in this in this time, we're a part of a world community. We're all facing this age, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, race, whatever, income levels. This is impacting us all. We're all part of this. <laughs> so let's get a community. Let's connect. Let's talk, right? Cheers.